DJ Deadeye. Yo, yo. How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, um, you just dropped this new album, Intervention. Uh, the album's crazy, by the way. Congratulations on Word. it. Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, you've DJed all over the place, all over the world. Um, you have a ton of guest appearances, doing cuts on albums and stuff. Um, sure. You have a million mixtapes out, it seems like. But let's take people back a little bit to the beginning. Um, so, um, for you, how did how did you get involved in DJing in the first place? What made you decide to do it or want to? Um, well, for me, I bought I bought tables um, in order to sample, in order to make beats. And then uh, what ended up happening was I um, I didn't have a beat machine. Obviously, you know what I mean. I spent all my money on turntables at what. 17 or 16 or whatever so um i ended up getting with uh getting up with some uh, a friend of mine who had a beat machine so we could sample stuff and make beats but i didn't have the stuff at my crib besides the turntable so i just you know i just got enamored with the dj lifestyle and the culture and um you know after watching like you know wild style and like juice and a bunch of these old uh hip-hop movies you know breaking and things like that um you know, I just got enthralled in the DJ culture and just wanted to be a part of that and 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 also be a producer as well. But you know, um, the DJ the DJ bug definitely bit me like early. You know. Yeah. So, how long do you think it was before you put out your first mixtape or went out and DJed at a club or anything like that? Um, I did, uh, before it was before you you know you had to you had to go out there and do things you know. There was only so much you can do in your, you know, in your room or in wherever you are in order to do, uh, in order to get a name or just to even get better, you know? Yeah. So I was doing, I was doing club stuff um, early on. Um, I want to say maybe like a year or two removed from, you know, wanting to DJ. I started to, uh, I started to, you know, get some openings and some, you know, some looks from friends of mine's or or DJs that were, you know, known around the, the the town and in the local areas. You know, they started giving me some looks, and you know, I DJ an hour here, hour there, a few hours there, a night. You know, it gradually progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely the club thing first, and then probably like, you know, I was doing I was doing tapes probably like as early as like two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two. And um, but the first mixtape I did that I put like out out and made a a lot of copies of and people you know gravitated towards was probably like oh three so probably like six years after I started DJing yeah something like that now did you know everyone in ST or a lot of them before this happened before you got no um no no um. I knew I knew of a couple of them from we I used to well they used to do these shows uh in in a in a town near uh near my hood and um they did uh they used to do these these like showcase kind of shows you know what I mean yeah and um 
the dudes I was DJing under, one of them was like a sound guy. So he uh he went over there and he was doing the sound for these shows. This is this is like probably like two a year or two probably before um before I started working with them, you know. So um we had done a few shows and then you know, people know of each other, but you don't you never really like worked, worked. And then like uh in like oh two. Um, I ended up doing a, a, a freestyle with uh with Easy uh with Ad Rock at the time. He did a freestyle for me for a mixtape I did, and then um and then he kind of put me on with Term, and then we we went on from there. And then um probably like oh three, yeah oh three we did uh we did like two freestyles, and then he ended up using both of them for a politics one. Hmm. So that's when we started linking from there, you know. So was St a thing before? Like yeah, they were, they were, it was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing for me. Um, probably, I want to say it was a thing for them, like in high school. You know what I mean? Like when they were still, when they were still in high school, because they're younger than me. They're they're like two years younger than me, most of them. Yeah. So, um, I think I want to say it was uh, Term Ed, uh, Easy, um, Snuck, Sin, uh, and then maybe maybe one or two others right that were part of that 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 movement but it was it was just strictly like st um and then uh you know they put out the single and then right after that they formed the st the squad yeah. so it was mostly just like a collective of friends um from what i gather and then um uh, after after term and ed put out the street single they ended up forming the squad and then um going from there you know yep so, I probably I probably joined. I want to say I was like an official member, even though I was around. Probably by like oh four or five, something like that. Oh six, maybe. Yeah. You know, something like that. So, did you see something in them immediately, like when you met them? Like these guys are are really serious about this, and you know they're onto something with their talent. And well, I was working with. Um, yeah, I was working with this with this group, uh, this local group for a couple years, and they were like they were older than me, like way older than me, maybe like ten years older than me. Um, and I was kind of looking for more energy around my 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 age, you know, like yeah. my 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 level of, you know, grind or, you know, just I'm being in in the game or watching hip hop, and then um. He was making he was making a little noise, but he was about to go he was about to go solo with with uh, by himself, you know, after the the street single and things like that. Right. And Easy kind of had his own thing going on with like investors and label people and things like that. And Trump was just kind of on his grind dolo, so I've kind of just gravitated more towards that. Yeah, because um, it was kind of like my way of going about it as well. And uh, we we just had a similar like grind and and just a similar mind state of of approach to uh, just trying to be out here, and um, you know so we gravitated we gravitated towards each other. You know he he needed something like what I was bringing and then vice versa, and um, you know we we we've been touring probably since like '04, so it's it's been a minute. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. I'm definitely um. Definitely grateful to be a part of the situation for sure. So, did you meet Static through them, or did you know him before? From no, I knew Static. I knew Static beforehand. Um, I had met Static probably like '98, something like that. 
Um, cause the dudes, the dudes I used to DJ under out here, we used to throw these um two room jams. So we throw these jams around the, around the, the area, and it'd be like, um, one room would be like hip hop and R and B, and then like the other room would be like um reggae and like the, uh you know like house or something, you know. Like a palace, kind of, right? Yeah, kind of like the palace vibe, you know. But it was, it was more in like um, what you call it, in like uh, these like halls, you know, town halls, you like rent out and things like that, you know. Yeah. So we would do those around the around the area, and um, obviously the, it would make mad noise. So um, static came to one of them um specifically. I want to say like ninety seven or ninety eight or ninety nine around there. And Lowell, and um, that's when I first met him, and it, it, he just wanted to get on and and just get busy, you know. Yeah. Um, and he was he was repping uh, New Hampshire at the time, even though he was from Lawrence originally. Um, but he was just bringing, trying to bring a different a different vibe, a different approach to what we was doing or, or what was going on in in the area, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know Static a minute for sure. It was definitely prior to Term and um and and, and the rest of the dudes. So um. um being from Lawrence, Mass, was there anyone back then that um, DJed or, um, or or rapped that was influential or was really making good music that isn't doing it anymore that you feel never got their their props or anything? Um, there's there's always there's always a lot of talent around here. There's a lot of dudes that, that are nasty girls too. Um, but I would say back then, um, coming up, it was like scientific. And um and Crumb Crumb Snatcher, those were like the two from the area that were doing anything somewhat big, you know. So like scientific was um uh, he was he was a Lawrence Lawrence kid and um he grew up in the city and he was um he was down with uh with Ed OG. He got signed to Ed OG and then Ed OG put him on uh with like Diamond and with Rizza and just he produced a bunch of his older stuff and he just had him like kind of like in the wing. And at the yeah. time, Edo was, Edo was the biggest in mass, like ever, you know, at the time. Yeah. So it was like 94, you know? Um, so scientific for sure. He was down with Rizzo when, when Wu-Tang had just started bubbling, you know? So it was definitely a, a great look and just a inspiration for kids from the city. Um, and then after that, Crumb, who was down with Guru and, and uh, Premier, and then he got the hip hop quotable from um he was unsigned at the time when he got the quotable on um, make him pay on um uh, moment of truth and then you know um going on to being on tour with them and with uh common and big Shug, and then um going on after that to doing his own thing and then working with knots and being in the um the, the wolves movie um my bad not the wolves movie but the training day movie with uh, the song wolves he had with knots on the beat, so he just kind of like paved the way him and si, him and Sai for the um for my youth, you know, in order to have a trajectory to go to like where to be at, like yeah. where where you wanted to go, you know. But really, yeah. like really, like those two guys, DJ wise, I didn't I didn't really have any local guys, but um, when I wanted to start DJ, there was um to DJ there was definitely a few guys that were doing a thing around here that definitely helped me out. Um, you know, shout out DJ Urkel, DJ Sun, DJ Jera. Those are all dudes, local dudes that helped bring me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, did you ever, uh, did you know Scientific or ever see him perform live? 
Nah, I was too young. So when when Cy when Cy got signed and was on, I was probably like thirteen, something like that, or twelve or something. You know, yeah. But it was too young for me. I was just starting to get into um, not not hip hop, but like hardcore, like shit, like um, like Wu Tang and shit like that. You know. Yeah. So um, it was too early for me, but I got cool. I got mad cool with his sister. His sister's my people's. Um, I got cool with her probably five years later when I was in high school, like 16, 17, you know, around that time. But I didn't know, I didn't know any uh, size people because he was, he was just way older, you know? Yeah. So, and then Crumb, I got with like in 03, you know, 02, 03, something like that. And we, we, we rocked for like a good two or three years and shit. Yeah. Crumb was everywhere for a while. Like, I, I feel like he definitely doesn't get enough credit as a Boston pioneer, really. Oh, for sure, for sure, you know, but that's all, you know, we got to tell that story because we're, we're the ones, you know, in this culture of mass or New England hip hop or whatever the case may be. So, right. you know, we got to keep that, that's those stories alive and have people understand that he helped pave the way for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. So um, I actually met you probably in the early 2000s at uh, Newbury Comics. Oh, Taylor. word, word. Yeah, mm-hmm. you were working there and... um. Were you working there strictly just to order whatever records you wanted? <laughs> nah, um, I was actually just working there to um to have like taxable income because we was we was touring a lot, so a lot of my a lot of my bread was coming cash or electronically and shit like that. But yeah. um, I definitely found some gems being over there for sure. Um, you know, you get the first not the first dibs, but you know. Around the time in the area, there was only a couple stores where you could get things, you know. So I, I would definitely um, peruse the situation over there for sure. But I had multiple spots I would hit. Um, I would hit like this in Boston and Looney Tunes and, um, you know, uh, Skippy White, Skippy White's Tower Records. Um, what's the spot in uh, What's the spot in, in Portchester, yo? Oh yeah, it was a mixtape place. Yeah, it was a it wasn't playground because that was in that was in my neck of the woods. Um, I just forget the name of the spot, but props to them. They definitely held it down with mad white labels. Yeah. And then, you know, we'd hit the reggae stores, you know, Junior Rodigan store, vibes, beehives, all that stuff back then, you know. That's but, what's um, funny about like the kids today, they can get music so easily just right oh, all on their day. Phone. Yeah, we used to go, me and Jared used to go, oh, he's a DJ from out here. Uh, we used to go because we, we used to go to um, Arts Institute in Brookline together for like those two years that we went to school. So we would go like we'd have a, like a routine like Mondays we'd hit the reggae stores and then like Wednesdays we'd hit like the hip hop spots and, and the, um, the mom and pop joints and things like that just to rack up for the either the month, the week, the whatever, you know, some new dope shit came out that like we needed to play in the club that week. Like we'd go find it, you know? Yeah. Well, plus back just, then, like, um, you couldn't really hear any new hip hop unless you were around where you could pick up reception on eighty eight point nine, and then uh, also like you had to buy mixtapes if you wanted to hear some really new stuff or, yep. or like you said, get records. Yeah, mixtapes was what it was. Mixtapes was like the, you know, they were like the the little news, the, the little news that you would get, you know, and um, and the magazines, you know, you get the oh, yeah. um, you get the source or double XL. And you would look into like the, you know, they'd have this section called a fat tape where it would be like all the news joints that, you know, some A&R heard somewhere, you know, or something or was on the new mixtape, right. Q-, Q tape or Tony Touch or something. 
that's how you would get your your information, you know, or your, you know, what what you would find in order to to to, to navigate out here, you know. Yeah. So, did you have a favorite mixtape DJ or one that kind of inspired you the most to get into that? Yeah, the mo. I mean, there was a bunch. There was a bunch. There's really like probably like ten of them, but. You know, overall, probably like Tony Touch's style of mixtape is probably like what I gravitated towards the most. That's kind of like how I blueprinted how I would go about uh, doing mixtapes and things like that. Yeah. But definitely like uh, Clue and, you know, um, DJ Juice and Dirty Harry and Green Lantern and, you know, SNS, Duop, all these guys, Ron G. You know, Mr. C, all these dudes, they all paved the way for what it is now, you know? Yeah. And not only what it is now, because now it's less, people are doing less on tapes, <laughs> you know, because it's just normally people are just talking and like terrible mixes, you know? Right. Back then, you used to have to have flavor, personality, skills, like, you know, it was like an event. A new mixtape was like an event, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's good about really, um, youtube and mixcloud is you can find a lot of these old mixtapes on there or Hell yeah or 90s uh new york radio shows yep definitely man definitely and that's where the culture was at that's all that's that's what we grew up off and you know it just so happens that that stuff isn't not only just promoted but you can't even find it unless you like really dig you know right You're crazy so how did so you how get, you- get connected with run dog and gilla house records Runt, Runt was always super dope to me. Um, and then um, I had did probably like 2010, like, yeah, like 2010, 2011. I did this tape called um, New Jersey Reggie, uh, which was just, um, I had just watched New Jersey Drive around that time. And I just was inspired by the movie. So I decided to use a bunch of the clips from the movie to like, you know, uh, navigate the mixtape. Yeah. yeah. In like 2010, like Red Red just had like a ton of music. He had a ton of music out that wasn't on shit. Like it wasn't on no albums. He had finished his Def Jam contract. And there was just some like mad songs just leaked out everywhere. And I was like, yo, I gotta do something with these. Like these these just can't go like under the rug. So I scooped up a bunch of them and then um I added a few other things that I had found or that I had had. Um, and I just did this mixtape just for for me and just for for his fans and my fans, you know. Yeah. And I put that out, and then um, it got it made mad noise, especially within that community of people that mess with Gilla House. And um, he had not not him, but uh, uh, Runt had heard the tape, and then I think like two years later, I did the uh, the. When I went to start the doing the Sour Power tapes, um, I had reached out to him, and then we just got real, real tight from there, you know. And then I, I just started getting exclusive stuff for the Sour Power tapes through him. And then I just started. I was like, "Yo, like, what are you doing?" You know, like, and uh, you know, I just decided to help him out as an artist. And we did, we did like three projects. After that we did Williams um, to You, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, and um, and we just did Silence Punk last year. He was on your new album, wasn't he? Yeah, he's on a he's on a joint with uh Shabam Shadiq and uh Lil Fame from MOP. Yeah. 
So are you guys going to be working together a lot in the future or this year? Is he dropping? Yeah, for sure. Um, like I did, I put out those three albums for him from 2016 to, to now, you know, um, and then we're going to probably do another album. And then I'm probably going to do another Sour Power tape where he's in the mix. But it's the Williams to you. Um, Friday the 13th part four and Silence Punk those three albums are out uh, on all streaming platforms you can get that anywhere All right, and um, for these mixtapes that you put out um, do you just do you plan them ahead of time a lot or do you do you sometimes just go in and just maybe you're you're playing some records and you just say hey I'm going to just record this and put it out yeah I plan I plan all my joints out Um, I very rarely just do something to do it you know um with the mixtapes, it was it was just kind of trying to stay hot and relevant. And then after a certain amount of years, I just decided that I was already at a certain point where I didn't have to do that. I could just do strategic tapes. Yep. And just do, uh, you know, a uh, sole artist-based tape and still get the same amount of love that I would, or more love than I would just doing a regular tape with just random songs, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I did, you know, after that, I did, like, the the, the song with, like, uh, Ransom and then the Sour Power joints with Wu-Tang and Red Band. And, um, what else did I do? I did the D-Block tape. I did the Wu-Block tape. I did a bunch of stuff like that, you know, where it was just uh, one one specific uh, genre of things going on, you know? Right. So um, is there any plans for an ST album, possibly, in 2022, another one? Probably not in 22, but we'll, I'll definitely like I've had I've had some ideas kicking around. Um, so we'll probably start something this year, but we got so much other stuff dropping. I got another album I'm trying to drop, and then um, Terms got like three or four albums ready to drop. Um, and then um, I know him and Easy want to do something like a, a new, uh, like a street project. You know, Snuck got another album dropping, so we're definitely like full of full of stuff that's ready to drop but i'll definitely try to start some ideas you know um i already got some some beats in the stash and um, we already been working on a bunch of squad stuff already so like uh like snuck's got a sc check on his new album coming um i got one on my new album coming uh and then uh who else and then of course the, the street project's gonna have a bunch of the st dudes on it mm. So um, some this year for sure. Yeah. So, so probably like, the the earliest probably twenty twenty three for that. Yep. So it says in your bio you you've uh, toured in over forty countries. Is there one that stands out as a favorite, or one where you like were really surprised they loved hip hop so much when you were there? Uh yeah. I I say one of my favorite places is like Switzerland. You know Zurich, Geneva. Bunch of those places are really dope. Aru, um, I would say the place where I went that was the most shocked that they really loved hip hop was like um, Japan and places like that. You know, you just don't. Not that I didn't know about you know people loving hip hop in Japan. It was just like once you're there and you see what it is, it's just a different level of dedication and you know, um, you know overall respect for for what's going on and what the culture is exactly you know right so are you guys kind of like on hold waiting to see what happens with everything um 
Um, in a sense, yeah. In a sense, yeah. And in a sense, no. Me and Term still moving around. We're doing a bunch of shows. We've done, we've been doing shows since like October. You know, pretty much off and on. Uh, you know, few a month, maybe once a month, whatever. But we're still we're still moving around crazy. And me and Slane haven't done something in a while. We did one show last year, and um, I think we're just waiting for things to open up so we can book some type of tour. You know. Yeah. Now, with all your experience in like just doing so many public gigs and everything like that, do you still um, ever just practice? Just go home and, and just practice scratching or or? I wish, man. I wish. I do a lot of most of my practicing comes at gigs. Yeah. You know where I'm just kind of just like okay, let's try some things. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I uh, I do a lot of that type of stuff where I'll just like show up with no. Like I'll have all the tools, but I'll have no canvas. You know, I'll just literally just paint and just get busy that way. You know, um, but no, I wish I wish I had more time to, to practice scratching and uh, perfecting different different type of scratches. You know what I'm saying? Right. I had more time back in the day to do that shit, but um, now it's it's tougher to to just literally set a few hours a, a day to do that. But it's much needed. It's like anything, you know. The more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, now, regular stuff that you normally do all the time doesn't go away. But right. um, but you want to hone your skills a little more better, obviously, throughout the years. Yeah. Now, is there anything outside of music you'd like to learn or get better at? Skills? Yeah, just in terms of anything, like outside of music. Like if you would acquire some type of skill or learn just anything. I mean, just like, you know, it's important to want to listen. It's important to book their uh, ideas across and then uh, let, you know, have you either, you know, go from there, learn from there or bounce off that. So that's definitely one thing I'm trying to like be better at is just more, just be more communicative, more, you know, better listening, better communication, better everything, you know? Right. You know, just regular, in terms of regular people skills, obviously people want to get better at doing things on the internet or, you know, being better at business or, you know, whatever the case may be. But regular life things, I would like to be a better, just do better at that, even though I'm, I'm already really good. Yeah. You know, you want to be the best you can be at certain things. Especially yeah. that. That's important right now. People, a lot of people ain't really, really good at communication and or speaking, period. <laughs> yeah, especially today. Yeah, but, um, everybody, everybody's typing or swiping, you know. Yeah. So um, at on New Year's, do you, I know it's a month from New Year's, but did you, like, go through and, and like, say, I'm going to try to do these things in 2022? Or are you, like, a, a goal-oriented person? Yeah, I constantly have um, constantly have these notebooks. Anybody who's around me sees me randomly pull them out, and I'll be like, I'll have like four or five different ones, and it'll all be different, you know, different things. Some will be for, some will be for like this year. Um, some will be a immediate tasks for like this month, this week, right. um, projects, uh, you know, finances, bills, fatherhood things, you know just regular, regular life goals. So I go through a lot of lists, you know, but um, I don't, I definitely don't do like the, 
well, this year I'm going to do this. Like, <laughs> my things just constantly, they never end. They just, they flow into, from one notebook into the next one, you know? Right. I got, um, you know, I got like, uh, you know, uh, vision boards and all that stuff. So, hmm. you know, constant, constant uh, goal orientation and, and progression on my side. Yeah, I feel like vision and like looking towards that type of stuff helps out a lot of people in music, it seems. Yeah, for sure. Some people are more visual learners. Some people have to get their hands dirty. You know, some people can read it. You know, some people have to have somebody like tell them, you know, so, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. You know, but definitely the the visual at this point where, you know, people have been conditioned at least for the past 10 to 15 years about the visual on their phone and on, on their screen. So that's yeah. definitely the one that people are going to gravitate more towards this these days and what's going to work for more people these days. Um, you know, some, people, people, some people can't visualize until they see it, you know? Right. Just like that. So is there any uh, books or movies that you feel like have been a huge influence on you and, and what you do in your life? Recently, I've just been reading... Um, just random shit on like Twitter or the internet and things like that. I'm watching, you know, uh, Farrakhan interviews and things like that. Um, but one thing I did watch to just detach from music was, um, I watched the, uh, the national geographic, uh, Will Smith, uh, thing. I, forget, I think it's called, um, welcome to earth, something like that. Hmm. Yeah. I've that, never heard of it. That's really dope. It's on, it's on Disney plus, I believe. But that's really dope. So he's basically like saying, like, uh, you know, he's done ev- he's done everything he can do uh, financially, successfully, in whatever he's chosen in his life. So he wants to do some other things that are a little bit more, you know, complex or more, you know, that are gonna push him more. Hmm. So he goes uh, with a bunch of explorers. It's it's only like six episodes the the season. And I think he has a different one on on National Geographic that came out like a year ago. But the Earth one is dope because he just go he goes to these he goes to like a live volcano. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes he goes into like the ice caves in like Iceland, and just like you know just experiences different different levels of success in life. And it, and it's a, it's a good it's a good watch, man. It's, it's, yeah, it sounds uh, like it. Uh, it's super dope. Uh, he goes he goes uh like 3,500 feet uh, in the ocean or whatever it is, 35,000 feet or whatever it is, whatever the case may be that the humans can endure. But yeah, stuff like that, where he's just kind of pushing his own boundaries, but it's also showing you there's different levels of pushing your boundaries. Mm. Not only in entertainment, but in, in regular life too. Right. So I, mean, I, I was on that for a little bit and just like different articles uh, just about... Um, how, how crazy the uh, the financial world is right now, how everything's up and down and things are being devalued and more values being added to other things. So just a lot of that stuff and just regular life things just to kind of disconnect from the music thing because when I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm just like head down like, you know, the like the, the greyhounds with the with the blinders on, you know? Right. So um, let's see. Oh, I just lost my place. Um, oh, yeah. So I've I've been seeing on Twitter for a while that you haven't been drinking for a really long time, a, a number of weeks. It's 
Is it over two years? Yeah, it'll be three years in April. So it, it's kind of funny. Um, well, it's ironic, I guess, that your first album is Substance Abuse. Yep. And this this one's called Intervention. Yep. It's so, crazy. It's, it's bananas, man. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to like um, dig too deep into into anything you don't want to talk about. But if you okay. if you want, like, um, do you want to break that down a little bit for people? Yeah, like it's it's wild because like the first record was more like, um, you know, obviously substance abuse is what it is, but then um, it was like a dual meaning for me back then where it was like every song had like a a concept or uh, there was a purpose to everything so and then there was 20 songs so it was like it was like too much concepts it was like an od of substance you know yeah so that was the idea on the first record and then um 10 years later i do you know i go through a bunch of wild ass life shit you know lose people lose privileges just from just being a reckless human being and then um you know I had the name intervention for since 20, 2011 or whatever it was, 2012. But it didn't start to actually make sense that this would be the second record up until up until like maybe like four or five years ago. Mm. And then definitely once I stopped drinking, it just made all the sense in the world that this would be the next record and what the what the like what the idea of what the songs would be like and what the subject matter would be about and, and the skits to tie it all in and the interludes and the little the little scratches here and there that what the what they would be about you know so definitely like i honed the record in within the last 3 years you know but it was it was an idea just floating around you know something that something that possible to happen yeah so I drinking and life just became a little more clear it just ended up working out, you know. It literally it was like life imitating art, you know. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how that worked out. Yeah, it's just super crazy. Like it definitely was not um, planned at all to be like this, you know. But I, I did have the intervention idea. Um, originally, it was supposed to be like an EP that would like hold, it would hold the fans off between albums, you know. Right you know, like a small intervention, you know, but it ended up being way more of a, of a complete idea and literally like a mind state, you know? Yeah. So do you have a favorite song on the album? Um, They're all really dope and really special to me. You know, I really, I would they say... Are, they are all really good. Word. Album. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, There's a few, you know, I really like the Gangster record. Um, I've had that, for, I've had that beat for, for a long time. And just to have that idea that I had come to fruition and it come together, how it's so dope, you know, and people really like that record. Um, that 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 makes me happy a lot. Um, you know, I really like the more than money joint. You know, I, I did the, I made that beat like I don't even recall, probably like oh seven or something like that, oh eight, oh oh nine or something like that. I made that beat and and when I lived in when I lived in South Lawrence and um just to see that come together with all these dudes that I respect and are really dope and that people really like, you know, that's one of my favorite joints on it too. Um, and then, you know, I really like obviously the written kilos joint and the lawless jungle joint and um, field goals joint, the death before the sauna joint. Like there's, 
there's a lot. The wifey joint speaks to me crazy. Uh, even uh, four by four and um, the song with Celine and Right Hook, you know, the Living Lost joint. Like, there's all they're all really special to me, bro. You know, all they all come from a crazy ass place and a long journey. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I was glad to see you had John Hope on there. I I haven't uh, heard him around many places lately. Yeah, yeah, he be moving around, but he takes little breaks and shit here and there. But um. Yeah, I, I sent him a batch of joints and he really liked this the beat he chose, but it was like, um, I didn't have it like formatted right. I didn't have it sequenced correctly. So I reformatted it the way he wanted it. And I, I just wanted him to do like a 16. So, and then when I sent him the joint, he, he did the whole song and he had this shorty singing on it and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so he was super pro, man. That dude's official. So I saw um your is this uh your DJing in Newburyport is that a weekly thing now? I was yeah they they ended up closing the spot not not due to the music or nothing like that it was just in a residential area but I'm sure I'm sure it'll be uh it'll be opening again soon. Um right now I'm just doing like one offs like wh- wherever I can get it uh you know like a resident honor. um and then the shows are really picking up right now the booking so that's really what I'm focused on is back on the show tip. But um, I'm definitely gonna be DJing randomly, uh, you know, in the in the area most likely. Um, I might try to shoot for something in New York, but overall it'll be um it'll be local. It'll be like in New Hampshire. Or it'll be in 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 Mass. Yeah. Now, is there any um, is there any shows you've DJed where like looking back on, you're like, that was the craziest show, or or like, do you have a favorite like uh? Oh, so many, man. I've been doing shows since '04. Right. You know, we've me and Tom probably done like at least like three thousand, five thousand shows, something like that. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Like easily, <laughs> like just cause it's there's been so many and for so long consistently, you know? Yeah. And then me and Slane been rocking for eleven years now. So and we've done a bazillion shows too. So, you know, there's so many. Um one time we did me and Tom we did hip hop camp. You know, it's like 20,000 people in Switzerland. It's like a festival. Hmm. Um, we did it with uh, the Coca and Red Man and uh, Meth, uh, Method Man and Camp Low and Planet Asia. It was, it was a super fun time. Um, physiology tour with Little Fame and Term and myself was crazy. Um, European tour. Uh, me and me, Term and Selene, uh, anti- anti-hero uh, tour was crazy in the U.S. and in Canada. Um, LA, mad LA shows, uh, you know, where we bringing out crazy, you know, crazy, uh, guests, guests and stuff throughout the night, you know, Everlast and things like that. Um, we just done so much things, man. Uh, you know, shows with Sean P rest in peace. Um, just so much stuff, man. Yeah. And Korea. I mean, we did a show in, in Beirut, me and Tarn one time. So, like, we're doing a million things. I can't really pinpoint one that's the best, best. But all those are all, all you know, very important and very dope times. Yeah, that's kind of mind-blowing just to think of all those different places. Yeah, we've been to, like, myself, I've been to, like, 40-plus countries and, like, 44 of the states. Hmm. 
You know what I mean? And like turn turn into like more countries because he's he's done stuff with static and, and by himself, you know. Right. So is um is there any artist that you've wanted to work with for a long time that you just haven't been able to connect with and, and make it happen on any of these projects? Um, there's a few, yeah, because you know, some a lot of the stuff that I get is all is all like real relationships. Like these are really like my people's. Like I, I don't really like uh you know, I don't really fish for features and like, you know, make new acquaintances out here. Like I do obviously, cause you got a network, but I don't, I don't go fishing for like a feature, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly all the guys that I work with are like my peoples are my close friends. There's a couple that are, are just, uh, just looks here and there, but overall everybody is, is people's. Um, for me personally, it would be like, you know, some of like the the Wu Tang guys that I haven't worked with before, maybe like Ray Ray of Ghosts, you know, things like that. Um, yeah. Obviously, like Jay, you know, Nas, things like that. Um, but even on like a on a lower level, dudes like um, you know, like Mike Geronimo or like OC or uh, you know, Corrupt. You know, those are all like dope bucket list people. Devin the dude. You know, there's people that I like that I would like to work with. Ludacris, you know, Two Chains. You know, there's a, there's a few for sure. Yeah. Um, but mostly everybody that I work with is fam. So, like, you know, so that's why some some of them might be repeaters from the first record. Yeah. You know, overall, I try to, like, keep fam and then mix in fam with, like, people that they have never worked with or I have never worked with, you know, so try to just keep getting the building going, keep the networking going. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I have uh, just a couple more questions left and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I have to know, do you have a top five favorite albums of all time? Top five albums. I'll I'll, I'll be like top five albums. Like for me, they ain't really like, uh, they ain't no, they ain't uh, tied to like just hip hop, so I'd say obviously there's gonna be mad hip hop in it though. Um, but I'd probably say D'Angelo's first record is in there for me, um, Brown Sugar, um, and then probably tons of hip hop shit like um, Only Built for Cuban Links is definitely in there. OC Jewels is definitely in there. These are just random files, so they ain't like you know. Yeah. And then uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, definitely Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg, and probably like Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Those would probably be my five. Right there. Yeah, it's a good list. Real quick, the five. <laughs> That's All right, well, um, list. Hey, ain't nobody gonna be bored at that list. Right. So, um, before I ask you this last question, do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you online and give any shout outs you might have? Yeah, for sure. Um, at dead eye, S-T dot D-E-A-D-E-Y-E-S-T-D-O-T on Instagram and on Twitter. On Facebook, I'm DJ Deadeye, uh, fan page on that. And on YouTube, Deadeye Enterprises, you can view um, all the videos that I've put out or I've directed. And you can also uh, check both albums there at my EP, The Last Batch EP. Also, uh, my YouTube page, Deadeye Enterprises. And uh, man, just shout out to the supporters, everybody from home to overseas, 
to people, new fans, people that have never heard of whatever was going on prior to now they're hip and now they're checking out substance abuse. Like, you know, I just want to thank the supporters right now. All the, all the love is really dope. And, you know, everybody's very excited again. And like, you know, starting to feel a lot of those old feelings from the first record again, you know, so it's definitely dope. And, you know, it's good vibes uh, since the album came out for sure. Even since the single came out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I like to end the show on, on a positive note. So if there's anyone out there that's having a really rough time and like their life <clears throat> just feels like completely, <clears throat> hold on. Sorry. Um, they just feel completely worthless and their life is just a complete mess. What advice would you give them to try to move forward and, and make some progress in their life and maybe live a more positive life? You know, uh, positivity and change comes from within, you know, um, the world is going to be the world, you know, there's going to be fuckery. There's going to be the triggering things. There's going to be creeps. There's going to be people that ain't, you know, don't have your best interests at heart, you know, but real, really it starts from within and at home, you know, and if you don't got a home, then just start with yourself. You know, that's where the positivity and the happiness starts, you know, figure out who you are, what's your purpose, what do you, what do you like doing, you know, what, what can you do to help someone else, um, and things like that, you know, you know, I've said recently that, like, you know, you want to go with, like, your, your instinct in these, in these times for me, you know, you want to go with your, your gut and your heart and what's, you know, what's telling you or giving you all the positive reinforcements within yourself, you want to follow that and not whatever somebody's telling you or whatever, you know, you think is the right thing. You know, you know, you want to, you want to make choices out here with conviction, you know, uh, and this, in this point in time, you want to, you want to make sure that you're making the right decisions and, and having the right conviction in the, in those decisions. Mm. You want to be, you want to be a hundred percent with what you're doing, you know, right. but also, you know, the world's crazy. So, you know, it, a lot of people can be affected by it in different ways, but, you know, as long as you're, you know, solid within yourself and, and, and know what you can take on and what you can give, then that's, that's really the, the best starting point, you know? And then from there, you can obviously, you're going to gain different skills and communication and, you know, um, it's like, security within yourself but you know it starts it starts within first man it starts with your heart and in your mind and then from there you know you trust your gut you trust your your instincts and you trust your your brain and your intelligence and you go from there you know yeah that's a really great answer thank you very much for that no and doubt. uh i really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh get on this call with me tonight and um thank you for all your contributions to just all the the music you've put out and everything uh you've you've been involved in a lot of new england hip-hop history and it's just it's really helped out you know because um for a long time in the early 2000s you know like new york was was really slacking you know like everyone was trying to rap like they're from down south and it was disappointing and then you know you guys static and st and you guys term you guys just you had a large part in in just saving the really good hip hop, I feel like, you know, and, and just Smart. kind of push New England uh, 
you know, to the top, like so many of the best MCs and, and producers are from new England now. And, um, you know, you guys are, are just a huge part of that. So I'm just so grateful for your contribution and everything. Appreciate that, man, for sure. You know, we didn't set out to do much more than just be ourselves and, uh, you know, portray what we felt like we should be doing in order to carry the, the state and, and our communities in the right light. And also, you know, show people what this area is about because there wasn't much representation you know right so you know just the timing and our you know the way we went about it it just kind of like hit at the right time like you were saying like maybe some people were looking for new avenues you know and they just happened to be oh shit they're in my backyard you know yeah probably helped help probably helped a lot of people a lot of steer steer a lot of ships you know yeah, and, and maybe some people didn't want to, or were you know falling out of love with whatever, and and maybe wanting to do a different career, and now they see somebody from their area actually doing something and making some progress and shining some light, you know, maybe maybe it helped you know guide a few people into back into doing what they wanted to do, you know. Yeah, that's all totally true. Word, man. No, we did our job then, you know. Obviously, yeah. with the job's not done, we're gonna be out here doing as much as we still can, you know for as long as possible but you know it's dope to get that recognition and get people to actually you know are students of ours you know in a sense you know right so it's super dope definitely super dope you mentioned ed og earlier and and you guys are like you're like carrying the torch for ed og and and everyone from new england yeah man you know when we was when we was coming up our ogs was like seven l esoteric acrobatic mr lift like that that level of boston artists obviously edo you know jason and them dudes um rso you know those are like the ogs so you know to to be still here and some of them are still around and then you know we still have obviously a great rapport it's just great to see you know yeah definitely well yeah just uh keep doing what you're doing and uh you know we all really appreciate it Appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Take care. Salute. Intervention out now. We'll get that anywhere. Definitely. Great Salute. Salute, bro. Peace. Peace. The Craig Crusher Podcast.